1: I mean, who can forget the uh, day when the sun shone over White City in London back in 1968, when Neil Fox stepped up on the touchline from the halfway line, popped over the goal to win the Challenge Cup for Wakefield against Leeds. It's a day that Nadine Dorries has never forgotten. Um, or
2: indeed remembered.
1: Welcome to Rugby Union's number one podcast. I, th- I think she's on the the Good, the Bad, and the Rugby this week. She's not on this programme anyway. Maybe she's on, uh, what's his name? He's got a podcast now. James Graham. He's got the biggest rugby podcast in Britain, apparently. We're all taking over. Give us back our share of the pie. It's forty twenty, not live. I'm going to regret wearing this shirt. If you're not watching, I'm wearing a, wait for a rugby union shirt. They're very heavy, these things. Match one, number 14, it says on the back. Is that a, Wing or something—I don't know. Um, Phil, there's loads of news going on. Match worn um,
2: and pristine because clearly, if you were number fourteen, you would have never done it. No, but let's not go there.
1: Number seventeen—I don't know, I don't know where I got them. from. But um, there's lots of news going on, Phil. I mean, everyone's moving clubs, which is all exciting. But I guess the biggest move of the week so far is Tony Smith out of Hull KR, which many people predicted as soon as he said, "I'm off." Uh, many thought that might happen after the semi-final, but it's taken a defeat to Toulouse-Olympique for him to uh, fall on his sword or them to stab him in the back, whichever way you want to go on that
2: one. Yeah, I'd suspect we've had more movement, rumour, innuendo, uh, speculation uh, than politics at the moment. We seem to have as many transfers and loan deals and departures as we do ministers resigning. A little bit of politics there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I suspect there was a sense of inevitability about it. I, I listened to uh, Tony's post-match interview um, with the great Richard Stead after the game um, and he seemed quite flat and that, that's not really Tony. I think he, he could see the writing was on the wall. Um, was it they one one in eight since he made his announcement? And a lot of people are saying those two statistics go together. Um, I, I just think that, Perhaps his time there had become untenable. Uh, All that really the club were talking about, um, which you could understand to some extent, was uh, who Willie Peters was bringing in and what recruitment might look like and what next year, uh, you know, would have. And and of course, he's not going to be part of that. So I think there's that sense of, um, you know, you're doing a job almost in alienation. Danny Maguire, who's his assistant, um, is working for the new regime. Again, I'm not saying there's going to be any tension there, but it's just another layer that you don't want to be dealing with when the only thing you're really concerned about is um, trying to get your team to win again. Um, Danny's already bought Brett Delaney in. Um, and he's, he's he's moved from York or straight away um, but obviously something again that uh, I think he felt they need they needed some some help and assistance in the the defense side of things so he's brought in the guy who he claims was was, was the best defender he ever played with and that's some accolade and I know he looked after Danny on a number of occasions but yeah it was all going to be all changed there and I think that um, there just needed to be a, a you know a off point for everybody to to you know preserve their dignity to to look back on Tony's reign and say the usual cliche that clearly he does leave the club in a much better position than he found it. Uh, That's true. I don't think anybody's going to deny that, but there'd been a clear breaking down of working relationships there over the last couple of months. And, um, it's sad that it has to end that way because I think when you, when you look back to the end of last season and you think the whole KR are 80 minutes away from making a grand final and uh, you know, everybody's talking about the, the wonderful style of rugby that they play, which is a hallmark of, of Tony's coaching, it, it's sad that you know, they don't leave on amicable terms, which doesn't always happen anyway, and he gets to see out the remainder of the season. But um, what, what was interesting, I think, was the wording as well stood down. Uh, I mean, does that mean he can join somebody else if he wants to? Is he effectively on gardening leave for the for the rest of the season? There's already been a couple of rumours about where he may or may not end up. Um, one of them, of course, wouldn't mean he'd have to move from his abode in Hull. Um, and, and clearly there are issues in that city regarding rugby league at the moment. And, and there's a feeling that maybe that what's missing at Hull FC is somebody like Tony to be that... Uh, knowledgeable rugby bridge between the chairman who wants to do things some ways and uh, but doesn't have the, the uh, admitted level of rugby knowledge and, and the head coach who Tony's worked with before as a player. So um, uh, there's, there's whole fans after uh, their ignominious defeat at the weekend jumping on down saying, just tell him to cross the road. Uh, I think that there's also a link between him and uh, Sylvain Hulls at Toulouse um, I think he's got a passion for French rugby league I think he'd like Toulouse to survive If, if, if he could help in that direction And of course Sylvain played for him at Huddersfield So uh, whether he's able to do any of that Again it goes into the realm of speculation
1: And, and who doesn't like baseless speculation And rumour mongering um, As we speak on Wednesday Has Rowan Smith done his presser this week Ahead of Magic Weekend do, Doing it at 10 o'clock in the morning so someone's bound to ask him if Uncle Tony's going to come and join him at heading because obviously that's the other obvious place for him to go. Or, or in football. He could go back to football. could do anything he wants. He stood down, as you say, an interesting phrase. They've brought in uh, Louis Senior from Huddersfield today, on loan till the end of the season, then on a permanent deal from next year for two years. So he gets to fit into the whole KR system, if you will, for a few months ahead of next year, which is a good move for both, I guess
2: and it's what a lot of people are doing at the moment i mean i've I think clearly a lot of these deals have been done before we get to hear about them. Once you, you hit that July the 1st deadline, I, I don't think there's too many players waiting to know what their future is. It's it's often when the club decides it's strategically best to announce them. Um, but but I think what's been interesting are the loan signings more than the transfers, because it is a shame to see Regan Grace go to Rugby Union. But again, I think that's been hinted at for quite a while. We, we didn't know he'd end up in Paris. It's clearly a blow for for Wales and, and the World Cup, if he's if he's not going to be a rugby league player and allowed to partake in that, I, I don't know what uh, Racing would think about that. I presume their season would have uh, would have started, so they'd want him over there as quickly as possible. Uh, Tom Johnson going to Catalan again, you know, heavily rumoured for a long time. Jake Truman going to Hull, um, although the timing of that is absolutely bizarre. That one club should announce that he's out for at least six months with a knee injury, and another club says, "Yeah, we've signed him for part of that six months." It's Just just seemed odd. I think we've known about all of those. It's the loans that are really interesting. So, um, you know, again, we we spoke very briefly about where Hull are at the moment and and that it's a huge hole having witnessed them on on Saturday afternoon. Uh, But, you know, they've got Jack Walker, Josh Sim and and Alice Longstaff. um, There was a rumour this morning as well that they might even have Liam Sutcliffe. Um, Clearly, there is huge change going on there. Uh, by virtue of the fact that, um, you know, faith is being lost with with their fans at the moment. And uh, a, a little bit of a mixed message coming out of all. I think on the one hand, you've got Adam saying... Uh, Adam Pearson gets, uh, you know, saying we're going to go with youth. Uh, We're going to go the long term. We've tried the other way. It's not really worked for us. We think there's enough talent here. We're going to promote it. We're going to give it a chance. It might be um, uh, slightly away from the instant success model. And then uh, instead of promoting youth um, after a a poor result goes and signs, uh, as many players with experience that, that at the moment are either needing fitness or a new club. So, you know, slight contradiction there in, in, in the way they're going to move ahead, but they did need to do something. And and clearly, they you know, part of the problem at Hollies, um, they haven't got all their creative players out on the field at the moment. You know, Jake Connell, Luke Gale, and they decided Josh Reynolds wasn't for them. But uh, creative players don't see you concede over 60 points in a home game. And and that is something that needs fixing up. Josh Bowden looks like he'll be leaving. It's all balancing salary cap, bringing people in and, and letting them go. Uh, go. Going to to Wakefield, it would appear. Uh, uh, your boys who face the um, uh, the biggest game of the season on Saturday to open Magic Weekend.
1: Yeah, we'll beat them. That's fine. That's not, that's not a problem. They're, they're, you know, they only beat Hull Care. Hull Care aren't any good. It's all right. He says. Now Tip Wakefield, so it must be all right. I mean, last week was a nightmare for tipping with all the results everywhere. It's interesting, those signings from that Hull have made. Um, it's not as if they brought in a lot of experience there, is it? They are, I know Jack Walker's injured a lot of the time, so he would have a lot more appearances for Leeds had he not had those serious injuries. But in Sim and Longstaff, those aren't massively experienced Super League players. So one would ask the question in the goldfish bowl of the city of Hull, of Kingston upon Hull, with its famed amateur clubs and academy, which has been split apart again. Where, where's the talent? Where's where's the whole mm. talent to come through into the squad? And that's no knock on the, the three players they've signed at all. It's just, that's no, it's not really building for the future, as you say. The Hull aren't going to get relegated, so why not promote some young players and give them a go? That's what everyone else seems to do or tries to do.
2: I think because they might miss out on the playoffs if they don't do something, and that, and that again, where we all predicted, perhaps they might be this year would be in and around the top six, and um, obviously would not be seen as a as a productive year. I, I think it, it's mainly for some defensive contributions. Certainly, Walker is a fine last line of defence at, at fullback, um, which is no detraction on the job that Jamie Shaw has done. But clearly, um, I don't know whether he's going to be offered a new contract for next year. Um, but that, that's not really worked since since Jake Connor was injured. Um, Sim is a really good defender. You don't get to play even, you know, a game for St. Helens in its current guys if if you can't defend. We all know as well, he is out of contract at the end of the season. He's been released by Saints and may well be that he'll wants to have a look at him and, um, you know, Carlos Tumivave is another big miss for them in terms of strike threat and uh, defensive capability. So he he could slot in the centre and and shore them up a bit. El- Ellis Longstaff, I'm I'm not sure about. Presumably, uh, if Bowden's going, then um, th- they need somebody in that second row position who uh, who c- who can help. But um, no, it's it's just a really interesting time at the moment. It's seeing who. Um, who, who is a shedding a player to free up some money for this season? Um, You know, the the, the thought is that Walker has left Leeds um, and may well be back next year. He's got another year of his contract to run. And, um, you know, that raises the question from a from a Leeds point of view, is is what will they do with Zach Hardacre, who at one stage wasn't uh, in their plans. And now they may be saying to him, oh, you know, stay on and do another year. But I suspect that's freed up some monetary space that the next club that will announce a loan signing for the rest of the year will probably be Leeds and, and that's how it seems to be working that, that space is being freed up for for players to be bought in for for the last third and, and the final push either away from relegation into the playoffs or uh, you know maybe top three top four so uh, I, I don't know whether the top four is done and dusted I have a, I have a feeling that it probably is um that we know the four clubs we, we we don't know their finishing order and again that's why the second game of magic weekend will be particularly interesting and it was it was this time last year that saints lost out on the league leader shield to the dragons it was it was later in the season but you do feel that if wigan were to turn them over and uh saints were to lose two in a row people would be staying in, not automatic now that they're going to be league leader shield winners um you know i think hoddersfield again uh, 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 they they've got an opportunity uh, against a very fleet, free flowing Salford side at the moment um, to shore up their top four spot, which which is improvement, um, and it'd be really interesting to see how the Dragons go because um, I think that was a a seminal win for them at the weekend against St. Helens. That that was their marker game. That was the, we're still in this, don't write us off yet. We've got a few injuries. We've now got a few suspensions, but uh, we have learnt from last year about what we need. We didn't play well against St. Helens in the first game of the season, um, but we, we got their measure. Um, that was, I think that was a fantastic result for them on, on Saturday in the, in the heat of the south of France.
1: Yeah, great result for the Catalans. Albeit, it's come at a cost, as you mentioned, with the uh, disciplinary issues, which has upset some St Helens fans because those these issues weren't dealt with on the pitch. But that's always the case. Not everything is caught by the referees, and I uh, know there's a, a case for saying, well, if the video referee can't see something, then you've got to be asking questions there. But this is what happens. You, know, you can say the same at Wembley about decisions for Huddersfield, but they're not made at the time. You can't go back. It's done. You move forward, uh, Saints this week, of course, with the big derby against Wigan at the uh, Magic Weekend, and it, that's you know I, I tell you what, some it's been some interesting results last weekend. We mentioned Huddersfield and, and Ian Watson wins the Coach of the Month. Maybe the Coach of the Month curse came a week early because they lost to Castleford on Friday night, entertaining mm. game. Casts who are now, well, I guess, consistent, two wins in a row. They've got a big game against Leeds at the Magic Weekend coming up, but. As you say, Jake Truman's leaving. I, I wonder if Hull must have pushed the timing on that announcement because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Cass wouldn't have made any song and dance about his injury had they not been pushed to do so. I wouldn't have thought. It just doesn't make any sense.
2: No, again, I suspect it's a, it's an initial reaction to um, the, the the whole lack of performance on Saturday afternoon and, and trying to find something to give soccer to their, their fans that they are moving in the right direction. Um, I, I, I'm not going to um, obviously detract in any way from, from the way Castleford played on uh, Friday night, but uh, I, I did think Huddersfield would at some point hit a flat spot. Mm. Uh, they've done absolutely magnificently post Spurs to, to go to places like Catalan and win and to have that, that doggedness about them and, and that uh, belief but it must mentally and physically drain you. Uh, and at some point that does catch up with you. This, again, is a very unforgiving season in uh, the regularity of the games that we're asking players to play. So um, you know, that, that was a very un-Huddersfield-like performance. The, the one thing they tend not to do is make mistakes and miss tackles. They might not always be the team that are scoring points, but they're, they're very, very good at knowing what the base that makes them the team they are at the moment. And, and they went away from that. And it was one of the, one of those games that, again, the longer it went on, the less they were going to find the things that have served them so well this season. So I, I think they can, you know, I think we can understand that performance. Um, I, I think the problem for Castleford this week is not only have they now lost Truman, who, who looked like he was in great form in that game, uh, but they too have lost a, a couple of really important people to suspension in, in and Paul McShane and Nathan Massey. So uh, their resources are going to be stretched at the weekend. I, I think Nile Levels will be back and um, he, I, I genuinely think he's one of the best fullbacks in the competition and gives them a whole new dimension. But um, no, I, I, just going back to that Catalan performance and talking about teams that have every reason to hit a flat spot, you know, they provided more players for the international weekend than anybody else. Um, so you would have thought that then coming up with a big game against St Helens, it would have been understandable if perhaps um, also allowed for a couple of injuries that they had to key players, they hadn't played that well. But um, but that that's why I think they were magnificent and their game on um, Sunday. And everybody's looking at Saturday games, and Saturday does seem to be the better day of Magic Weekend in terms of stories behind the matches. But their match with Warrington is fascinating now because I genuinely don't know where Warrington are going at the moment. Um, I don't think you know, any Warrington fans know where Warrington are going to them. Another horrendous result for them at the weekend, uh, you know, what was it, conceded, uh, was it 10 points in the last 10 minutes to, to lose, to, like that, yeah. which again is, you know, full credit to Salford and the way they've been playing at the moment and not even being able to name 21-man squads some weeks. and um, But just just having a almost the freedom... Um, and in Brodie Croft and Callum Watkins, two players who are arguably amongst the, the best in Super League at the moment, enjoying themselves. And that will take you a long way against a team that looks so nervous at the moment. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen in that game. I, I, you know, Is Daryl Powell's luck going to turn? Or you know, are Warrington going to write off this season and and their recruitment is geared to next? And, you know, it's one of those, well, let's pick up a couple of more wins in the uh, remaining games just to banish any thought that will be dragged into a, a relegation battle which again nobody could have foreseen at the beginning of the season um or do they do they beat Catalan this weekend and put themselves in the frame for a late run to the to the to possibly a sixth place playoff you know Daryl's saying we, we can't really afford to lose any more games if we're going to do that and they're showing no sign of being able to capture that kind of form uh, but again that makes that quite fascinating this week. It's, it's almost the remainder of Warrington's season is on the line.
1: All results are possible, of course, but especially Warrington not winning. Um, I, what can you say? Best wishes to uh, Ryan Hampshire, by the way. Obviously, uh, he's got a serious... I think it's the ACL as well, isn't it? So, yeah. And especially without the security of a contract at the likes of Drake Truman has. Hopefully, he can come back from that and resume his career in the near future. But another player who's... Obviously, not only been at Cass for a short time, but there's filled uh, a, a couple of gaps for them. So, yeah,
2: I that's, think that's why they signed him, wasn't it? Mm. That he was versatile enough to, uh, to give them cover, particularly with Gareth O'Brien being out, who also had that role. Um, and I, I think we, we need to pay tribute to Bill Tupu as well, who has uh, had to announce his immediate retirement. And again, that might be also helping to free up some salary cap space for, for Wakefield to go into the market. Um, he's been a fine, fine player. Just, just cruelly hit with injury what, over the last 18 months, probably. Um, but on his day, um, you know, a dream team centre. And, and whilst we will talk about the fantastic finishing of Tom Johnson, and um, you know, hopefully he's going to be injury-free if he's moving on to the next phase of his career. But so many of his tries were uh, supplied by... Bill Tupu. Um, I you know, I, I think he's, he's been a great um, a, a addition to the Super League scene, and a shame it has to end this way.
1: What a, what a great left hand side that was with him, Matty Ashurst and, and Johnston. And I think they all got in the dream team in, in one block as well. I think they did anyway in 2018, something like that. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, very sad to hear of his uh, retirement. Who obviously has uh, had a, a big influence on Wakefield in the last few years. But as you say, unfortunately. Injuries have uh, taken their toll on him. Uh, It would have been nice to see Johnston and uh, Corey Hall build up a partnership, but you can't blame anyone for, A, going to a club where they've got a chance of winning something and, B, taking some money take the money while you can, Tom, and at least you haven't gone to Rebunion and at least you've not gone to Leeds. So that's the good news. uh... And
2: and living in the South of France, you know, it's a a different cultural experience. And I know that he will have spoken at length to uh, some of the people, some of the other players that have done it, particularly Sam Tompkins as captain, you would think has has had a chat with him about what's on offer over there. Uh, You wouldn't want to deny anybody the opportunity to do that. Um, I, I, I do think it, it's unlikely, with the greatest respect to your lovely team, that Wakefield are going to win anything in the foreseeable future. But I do think that's a bit disrespectful to Wakefield to say he's moving to win something. Um, you know, w- Wakefield will be what they will be, and they'll recruit to the best of their ability. Who knows? They may have a cup run um, next year and, and and win the Challenge Cup. There's no guarantee that by moving to Catalan, he is going to win something. What he probably is going to do is play in more high-profile games, which will get him um, in the eye of selectors of international teams. He might miss out on this World Cup, but he, he'd still be the perfect age for the 2025 one, uh, which will be in France, another good reason for for going over there. And he'll it, it, play um, in front of a passionate uh, group of fans that will make him very welcome because he can do uh, he, he can do things. But again, my only slight concern with that is that, you know, the, the, the tackle that effectively won the game for the Dragons last week was by Arthur Romano. And you're looking at people like him and thinking, well, where's he going to fit in when Tom Johnson arrives? Is Tom Davies going to be there? Next year, uh, is he going to move on? Is it going to be a straight replacement? yaha clearly you, you you wouldn't think at this stage he's going to be replaced by Tom Johnson. But uh, for everyone who isn't a, an aspiring French player coming into the Dragons' ranks... Um, yeah, you know, their 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 place is being taken by an import, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a great signing for all parties. He's a proven finisher. He's a crowd pleaser. He's he's going to get the crowd over there that will appreciate what he can do. Uh, he's, he I would think if it, it'd be interesting to see whether Dean Fare is his, his centre partner because I think again a bit like Bill Tupu, he's very underestimated in the chances he creates for his winger. Um, and uh, I, I think Tom will hopefully have a ball and an injury free one out there and. Uh, re- Resurrects a career which was superb at Wakefield, but just probably there is a time when you do need to get away when you can't seem to have a run of games, and and you know changing the environment might change his luck.
1: Like uh, Gareth Ellis in the past, you don't begrudge some people leaving, but there are other people who you do, and you're glad that their see uh, their careers fall flat on their face without naming any names. Uh, but no, it would be interesting how he gets on in the south of France. Did you say, was he qualified for Scotland as well? Did someone say? Uh, of and board? Germany. And, and Germany, of course. who may well qualify in 2025. We don't know. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, if Greece can well, qualify, we're, maybe. We're, ho- we're hoping to know next week the qualifying
2: process for 2025.
1: Has it been done on an Excel spreadsheet? <laughs> so we know that. <laughs> that's- now that's the uh, school tuck shop, isn't it? <laughs> um obviously wakefield they're not down the stand they're taking the seats out i need to pick mine up uh has the stand one. gone has, no, has the, no. all those have moved in no not yet i mean some people were already up on social media on monday saying why has it not been knocked down yet i've got to take the roof off it's got asbestos on it you've got to get specialists in to do that so are
0: it's
1: you going to go down yet. and do a time lapse um, well, someone should do um i should somebody have, should someone should be you just stick a I'd say stick a camera on the other side of the ground, but someone might come in and nick it like they did with that scoreboard that time, he says, with a raised eyebrow. But when I did a video of uh, the South stand being knocked down at Headingley, that got a good number of views. I mean, I was just there to interview some random Rhino people but uh, back in the day. But yeah, It's the kind of thing that you can document these days, and people will watch that, time-lapse video of the stand being knocked down and then being Absolutely. built. If, if anyone from the club's watching... That might be do it get your camera in position now easy content it's what you it's what it's all about the content and uh, go and watch my documentary thing of the uh, <laughs> not necessarily complete history of the stand available on YouTube it's very good It's oh, very you. good No, it is very good um, I should enter it for awards or something um, the, the bits that missed out because I didn't film properly that, that, that those were shame but never mind. Uh, It will, and will it be missed? Nah, not really. It's just some concrete, you know, it's just concrete. I've knocked down other stands at the ground way before I was uh, a supporter. It would be nice to have something that looks vaguely modern-ish, at least on one corner.
2: Yeah, Uh, well, it's it's what they do with the rest of it as well, isn't it? Because what you don't want is a lopsided ground that is fit for purpose on one side and not on the others.
1: Is there anything else on Sea League we need to mention last week?
2: I don't, I don't. It, it seemed to. It, I mean, it's only Wednesday, and it just seemed to have already been a very yeah. busy week. And I think there's there is more to come. Um, oh. but no, I, I think we need to probably look forward to to Magic, don't we? Do you think it's going to be a success? Is the uh, is the crowd figure going to be around uh, what it has been? Are there going to be lots of people from the northeast who know of the event that are going to go along and watch it? I I genuinely don't know. To me, it just seems a little bit low key this year.
1: I mean, we were, I wasn't at the media event on Monday at the ground, which, we, you know, we used to go to when all the clubs were there, but there's only a handful of clubs there this time. And with with the cost of going up to somewhere and coming back, it's a uh, tricky thing to manage these days. So I don't know how much local media was there. They're usually there, aren't they? The local TV and radio. Does local radio exist anymore? I don't know. Uh, Wakefield, oh. Toulouse, Saints, Wigan and Cass Leeds on the Saturday Huddersfield, Salford, in that traditional no ones in the ground at sunday morning thing. Dragons, Wolves, and the whole derby to finish things off. I, I would like to have seen a, uh, you know, stick a women's Super League game in there on the Saturday, perhaps, to to kick off things, as they did with that game between Toronto and Toulouse all those years ago. There, there's a, the thing people have forgotten about. Toronto played at the Magic Weekend. Um but but they haven't. And
2: New, Newcastle are playing Friday night. We have got Friday night lights. Yeah. They're playing Bradford, aren't they, to kick it off?
1: So again, really? that's on Premier, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. And it's a big event to to build up, of course, to the World Cup. Because by the time people listen to this, it might be less than a hundred days to go. And England Samoa is going to be the hottest ticket in town. We hope uh, that uh, weekend in October. So. I'm sure there'll be lots of publicity around Newcastle this week about the World Cup coming up. But yeah, it it, uh, it does seem to have snuck up the, this year. I don't know if that's because I haven't been paying attention or something. <laughs> it may well be. But it, oh, it's Magic Weekend, oh! So I mean, I'm looking forward to watching it from the comfort of my own home. But um, I will be missing the atmosphere of being there. I do enjoy going. But and the chicken cottage it. and the chicken cottage, which you know, what what a, what a memory! What what a, what a what a time. <laughs> to be alive. It was. And, and afterwards as well. I always enjoyed the Sunday morning at the Magic when you get to the ground and you see some of the journalists who hammered the free bar from the sponsors a little too hard the night before, not mentioning any names. I'm not sure there is even that this year. Is that well I made the decision, the right decision not to go then, didn't I? That's that's the good news. I mean, there's a concept. I still like magic. I mean, I like the bash as a concept. I don't like it being in Leeds because it seems a bit pointless. But <laughs> it's it's the as same I, discussion every year, isn't it, about magic? You either you either yeah. like it or you don't, and it's just it's the same thing.
2: I think what's really difficult is asking fans to keep shelling out. We've mentioned this before that the you know the cost of living crisis is affecting people in the north of England more than anywhere else, and. You know, there has been Tottenham and uh, you potentially have two away trips to France as a, as a Super League fan. Uh, you know, you, you've, got, you've got the playoffs and um, then you've got a World Cup. So it, it's a very expensive year and maybe this would have been a year to perhaps put magic on hold. Um, you know, if, if we were looking maybe to play slightly less rounds this year to get the international weekend in and, and, and have the players as, as fresh as they could be for the World Cup. We perhaps didn't need 27 rounds, and maybe one of the ones we could have lost this year would have been magic, which is not to say that we wouldn't have gone back to the concept and rediscussed with IMG about how it works best. I get that for Sky, it's their uh, best weekend of, of the year because it, it's the, the most cost effective. Um, And and you wouldn't want to upset them uh, at the moment with the the delicate nature of broadcast uh, monies and coming in and going out. So they may have insisted that we did still have magic. And I get the fact that it's a lead into the start of the World Cup, and Newcastle is strategically very important. But uh, no, my only concern is that uh, perhaps there won't be as many people there as we would like to think there would be. Um, And and maybe um, not enough people from. From Newcastle, it's we're out of the football season, so you'd think that there would be a a, a ready-made a source of audience there. But I genuinely don't know how much um marketing has been done in the area to to let people know it's on.
1: I'm sure it'd be more than they ever did for the Bash in Blackpool, but that's a different thing with the RFL and Super League, isn't it? But we'll, we'll see what happens, and and no doubt everyone will write their think pieces about the, there was no one there, the league's dying, blah 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 blah. Or oh, we might be
2: surprised like we were at Tottenham that there's a lot more there than we thought there would be. And, and people do enjoy and relish that weekend away and and are still going. So uh, no, we, we'll see. And I, I think um, there are some very interesting fixtures. Although to me, you know, Saturday is, if you were going to go, Saturday is the day you'd go, which you don't know when those fixtures are announced, you know, what the league table is going to look like. So I, I fully get that. I, I don't think for the last game, has, has there been a whole derby where both teams have been going into it in such... Abhorrent form And Both sets of fans Are fearful of actually Going and uh, <laughs> Seeing them beaten By the Their the, 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 You know Most reviled uh, Opponents Probably not
1: It's all good fun I mean I'm looking forward To seeing it as a TV product As I uh, Well at least watch The first game on Saturday I've got to go out After that one But um, I'll watch all of Sunday I think there, there isn't a feature Where you think I'm not interested In watching this mm-hmm. Which occasionally On a weekend You do think Hmm, but this, one's, this one seems a good weekend. Um, yeah. I should should say, by the way, celebrate Wakefield because they won in the Women's Super League against Cass 8-4. Uh, Barrow beat Bradford 18-14. hammered Hammered Lee Miners 72-0. Uh, St Helens beat Huddersfield 62 nil Again, I'm not sure why they chose that game to be on our league. And Leeds beat Wigan 48-12. You've still got to pick games which have got to be competitive regardless of the standard, unfortunately. But... They don't seem to do that. So it's, it's great watching, you know. Here's a great try from Amy Hardcastle and Curry Roberts, et cetera, But when there's nothing going the other way, it's not entertaining as a contest. But that's just me. Um, did, did, did you see uh, the social media furore today, thanks to uh, one of our favourite players, mm-hmm. uh, Rhiannon Marshall, who pointed out that she got a longer ban for what she did than Greg Worthington did at uh, Halifax. Now, you know, semantics on whether you watch both clips and say, well, she deserves it more than he or whatever. The interesting thing, though, is on the RFL website, you can't find the notes for Rhiannon Marshall's hearing, so you can't read them. They don't do this for the women's games. There was the player last year at uh, Warrington who was banned for biting, and you couldn't find the reasons why. So... I'm sure that, I'm not saying it's not transparent. I'm not saying that, but you can't read them, so it's difficult to have an opinion. But I'm not a fan of people having to go on social media, so I'm not going to defend Rihanna Marshall as I did not with um, what's his name Joel Tompkins. But I think she makes a very
2: fair point. She makes a fair point that you know they uh, they do seem to be uh, parallels, um, and and a, a women's player appears to have been punished for the same offence, more than a men's player. Um, And you should never take into account things like the length of the season, but clearly it has a more dramatic Mm. impact if they don't play as many games. I think she's right to raise it. And I think there's been a response uh, tonight that the RFL are going to look into it as well, which, uh, you know, she she has uh, achieved her aim. So good on her.
1: Yeah. Hopefully we'll see her back on the pitch soon. I'd I'd have her at at any club because I think she's entertaining. You know, she does things no one else does. I've said that before, but... Mm. Uh, She's a right. throwback
2: in many ways mm. to uh, the way the game, the men's game used to be played.
1: Well, I think that's something you can uh, tag with much of the women's super league, isn't it? But people might get a, you know, might take that the wrong way. Some good try, you know. I tell you, Cass got a good try in that game against Cass. Some good footwork from Caitlin Varley. Uh, as I say, they're doing things the hard way. Uh, the championship, uh, Batley having, you know, obviously. conquered all the week before at Feb. Draw with Whitehaven, 26-0. What an unpredictable competition and all that with a try in the corner
2: in the very last minute mm. to salvage the game. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's a very exciting division, which has closed up a little bit. Um, mm. I think the, the big game was was Sheffield-London. I mean, again, <laughs> talk, ah, talk about a game of two halves. What was it? T- t- 28-0 in the first half to the visit to Sheffield and London won it 36-28, but they both scored six tries and it was goal kicks that uh, that determined the game in the end. But um, you know, London taking the game to, to Ebbsfleet, uh, where they've got another game this week against Featherstone, um, and and I think they were just short of a thousand people. I don't know if they're one of the clubs that do declare their attendances or they or they haven't. But um, you know, if, if at half-time, there would have been deep despair, and at full time absolute euphoria. So um, yeah, that 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 seemed like the the game of the weekend. Although full credit to Whitehaven for taking a point off Batley. But uh, yeah, it's closed up a little bit the division. Um, yeah, York losing was, yeah, was probably good, good the other. Barrow, the, yeah. yeah, the other surprise result, and, and hats off to Barrow, who issued a statement early this week saying, "We're up for Super League." You know, we 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 make it. We're going for it. We'll be Cumbria's representative, which uh, I thought was was you know not necessarily brave of them, but um, clearly signalled an ambition, uh, which which other clubs
1: perhaps in that division have have, have not been quite so ready to do. Big win for Hunslet as well, winning away at Cornwall. They've not had the most consistent of seasons, and Cornwall going in front in that one early. That was an important two points for the mighty Myrtle and Flame uh, with that uh, 36-24 win on Saturday afternoon.
2: Yeah, I, I again didn't see it on our league yeah. because it's... And I don't understand it why, it, even looking at the fixtures this weekend, A, you would have thought, you know, don't play anybody at the same time as as Magic Weekend if you seriously want to get all the fans up there. We we mentioned that before, but you know, we know Sky are featuring a lot of well, every one of those games. We know the times those games are going out. And you're looking at what's happening in the championship and and league one and we're also putting out games at the same time. As the major broadcaster, are putting millions of pounds in. I'd be having a quiet word saying, like the idea of our league, we know not everybody supports Super League, but we really don't want you putting on alternative provision while you know we're spending even £24 million to promote your product. So I, I, I don't understand.
1: It's good job they didn't show those uh, amateur games at Fev on Saturday afternoon, isn't it? Because that, that might have been... Uh...
2: Ooh, Was refreshing. that the one where the referee walked off? Mm, that's, uh... and one, one in Leeds as well? That, that is concerning and that's not going away and we need to do something about that and I don't know what the answer is but um, uh, clearly some of the issues are societal And uh, but referees feeling that you know, their safety is threatened is, is just not acceptable anyway any way whatsoever.
1: I need to let you go finish a magazine, Phil. Well, do as much of it as possible. uh, because It's it's, that week again. It's got to be out. Um, I mean, I finished my column, which is amazing. I'm editing it now. Not amazing. Not amazing. talking to you now. now, But it's it's finished. But um, we'll be back on Monday. We'll have a special guest. If I say special guest, it doesn't turn up then. It's just us again. But we will have a guest on Monday. And we've got a guest now because the Magic Weekend is supported by Sky Zero. Here's me in commercial radio mode. Uh, and here to tell us all about Sky Zero and what it is and stuff, it's he's, he's John Wells off the telly.
0: I was kind of woken up to it by my daughters. Um, and you, know, you, you grow up as a as a 20-something-year-old bloke and you, you know, you're selfish by nature and we're we we, we are in a profession which requires a, a degree of uh, self-absorption. And then you become a parent and then your kids start asking questions. And just one, one Christmas, I got a, a little wish list for Santa. My daughter was seven or eight, I think, at the time and usually you'd have the list as long as you're around wouldn't you Barbies and Lego and all that other stuff and she wanted one thing she'd written one thing on it and it was litter picker and so we went and asked her about it and we said what, what's the what's the story here um, and she said well we, when you walk me home from school daddy you know I, I look down there's a chain link fence that goes down the side of the school next door and it's just full of empty crisp packets and wrappers and stuff and I, and I thought it looked terrible and so I wanted to do something about it and, and it was just it was the, the, the most stupid of moments like that and, and that it I don't want to say a lit of fire in me, but you just go, what, what are we doing here? What example are we setting? Um, that was back in 2017, and I think since then, like, like most people, we, you know, we separate the, the plastic of the cardboard, and you put your recycling out, and you think you're doing a good job, and then you actually look at the next, the next little bits you could do, um, and I, you know, I'm in a very Privileged and fortunate position to be able to not only you know have the disposable income to make choices that I know other people perhaps couldn't. Particularly at a stage now when we, we have a you know there's a, there's a cost of living crisis, an energy crisis. But um, I decided to change in my vehicle, uh, so I drive an electric car now, and I live in a passive house. Um, we're, we're still you know on with the recyclable stuff. Um, I've been involved with Sky for a long time, um, and Sky uh, th- they don't. Uh, shout enough about what they do. They've been a carbon neutral company since 2006 um, and they're aiming to go net zero carbon by 2030 which is the bit that involves not just their, di- di- their direct carbon footprint, it's the supply chain and everything um, and this was uh, uh, the kind of first public facing thing they've done. I know there, were, there, were, there was a lot, awful lot of time and effort gone into it and I think a degree of nervousness certainly around some of the big athletes that were um, you know, would have perhaps felt like hypocrites or felt like they were going to have brickbats thrown at them but it's a conversation that we have to have um you know and there are a number of uh different areas where where people can do little small things that will add up to make a big difference and so we're using the magic weekend as a as a brilliant opportunity super league have jumped on board the clubs are on board which you're starting to see there's little initiatives in there so warrington the recycled shirt You've got the um, uh, the eco guy in football. His name escapes me at the moment. Uh, who, who owns Forest Green Rovers? Um, and, and just using that as a bit of a blueprint and going right. Well, what could we do at Magic Weekend? We had a little bit last year. I don't know if you noticed. We had some mast heads, uh, mic heads that were green, and just a little little sort of nod to it. And this year we've been able to go all in. So um, it'll be a message that we'll be giving to to the fans throughout the weekend. You know, what what things in your life could you without 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 hamstringing yourself what decisions could you make differently instead of just going for the burger try to try the plant-based option i mean some of the stuff that we're cooking at home is phenomenal the plant-based options you can get now um don't drop your litter put your litter in a litter bin use recyclable cups you know all that sort of stuff is is you know may not feel like an awful lot but makes a big difference and i appreciate you know the people have been going shut up John you know well, I've got bigger things to worry about and I get that as well so look we're not evangelising and we are Everybody's at different stages on that journey so um, you know I, I, I did this because I wanted to do this and I've been involved with the kind of backside of this um, at Sky and at Super League for, for a long time now so you know, I'm just dead chuffed that it's happening.
1: Uh, Magic Weekend supported by Sky Zero we're talking about the stats as well they involve the GPS stats I find yeah. it fascinating just to see how they go from- from a player's back of their neck to, to the screens on TV. How important are they to you to, to tell those stories to people about how amazing our athletes that we know are, but yeah. we need to tell them that they are?
0: Best? Well, f- f- there's two, two, two sides to it. I think the first, the first happens um, in uh, club training, um, where it's starting to inform now the amount of distance and, and the intensity with which they train. Now that used to be just just led by a coach. You go back twenty years and coaches weren't letting players off the field until they got that move right or until they've seen enough you know enough sweat coming out of an ex-player. They now realise that, that there's a direct correlation between that that intensity of exercise and injury. Now, if we're in the business of entertainment and we want our best players out on the field, I think that has huge value at club level and informing physios and support staff and coaching staff in when to pull the pin on training or or ease off a little bit so that we, on a Thursday and Friday night when we tune in, get to see the stars of our game playing at at, at peak fitness and and on the field and injury-free. From a broadcast point of view, and I'll go fast forward to Magic Weekend, where uh, we, we're going to collaborate with Catapult to, to provide the GPS stuff. It's For me, it's the it's just another way in which we can tell a story. We can provide a, a, another layer of colour, um, an element of context to what these athletes are doing. Sometimes when you've got so many good players, all of an elite level, the, the actual standard gets lost because it's all relative. They're all fast. They're all strong. They're all you know. Uh, they, they've all got great stamina and great speed. So to be able to stick numbers and metrics on that, and then to be able to tell people at home what that means, um, I'm hoping it'll get you know. I'm hoping that'll really land with people and really resonate with people, and they'll you know anybody who's run a 10k knows what they feel like at the end of a 10k. And you t- you tend to do a 10k around a loop in a park and you may have to dodge out the way of a dog every now and again, but you're not dodging 13 other blokes and running, you know, a million different changes of direction and getting hit d- during that as well. So, you know, if we can provide that extra level of colour and context, I think that's going to be all the better for the viewer.
1: I mean, how, things have cha- how have things changed since your playing career in terms of the information that coaching staffs have been able to work with in terms of things
0: like that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those what ifs, I think. Um, I mean, I, I was fortunate to have a, a, a fairly long career um, how how that would have differed, and how much better I would have been able to have perform on a match day had I had access to this. Because you know, my my career finished in 2009, and you know I, I never saw a GPS, uh, uh, what what you call it, a GPS tracker. Um, so to see where it's come now in the last 20 years, I think is uh, the last the last 12 years is, is is phenomenal. um And Ben spoke very eloquently earlier about just how that informs kind of. Risk exposure and in, in exposure to injury, and also as a, a, an assessment of how hard players are working. Um, I think the athlete can take confidence in that as well. You know, now this is it's an established norm. Um, the players' shirts are made with the manufactured with the the pouch in it to slot the GPS tracker in, um, and it's become as much a part of their match day uh, outfit as the as the boots. Um, and I think that's great. That's how it should be. Um, you know, that's before before you even get into the gumshield stuff and the the, 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 the Concussion protocols and all that other kind of stuff, and and monitoring and assessing, uh, you know how impacts to the head um, uh, affect people. I, I think it's just a positive, and you know, I wish I'd had it.
1: <laughs> One of the great things about Sky's Courage of the cricket has been the. Legends of the game explaining how they play this was a great one last year with Wazim Akram and Waka'i showing how they bowled Yeah, and obviously rugby league does part of that and the golf as well how much more of that would you like to see in terms of Sky's coverage explaining how the players do what they do because we watch on the sidelines and it it blows your mind that yep. they can do these things how, how important is it that we explain how they do it for, in their own words
0: given that, given that's a huge part of my job I'd say massive, <laughs> massively important um, I've always loved I've always loved the analytical side of it. I've always, I've always wondered why Player X did that, why he made that decision in defence, for example. You know, Jake, Jake Connors somebody I'm doing a, a piece on um, in the near future, um, and, and this is a, a piece of broadcast that should be at the touchscreen. Um, and one of the questions that I'll be asking him is, you know, well, what's going through your mind? What have you seen that no, seemingly nobody else on that field has seen? And how do you do it again and again and again and again without without people figuring it out and do, and putting plans in place to to stop you? Um, I, I I think it's uh, it, look, it's it, I'm biased because it's kind of the area that I'm interested in. Um, but look, you know, again, just one element of our of our broadcast, which is you know, I, I think covers the game really well. And you know, from from the stories. Um, the, the background stories from from players to the, the the technical analysis of plays. I think we've we cover a lot of bases there. Uh, my interest has always been, um, you know, uh, from from a very young age, as much about when the lights go down um, as it is but you whistle to whistle. The majority of people uh, who sit at home will turn it on five minutes before kick off and turn it off at full time. You know, does it occur to you what the athlete does between minute, you know, ignore minute one to minute eighty. What do they do then? That entire backside of the week when no one's watching. You know, and I, and I think, you know, it's testament to the you know, the very very best of us. And, and James Roby will be a perfect example of that. That he must be doing a hell of a lot to still be performing at that level in that, that tiny eighty minute window. The amount of work that goes in behind. So I think that's you know, that those those are really interesting stories. Always have been to me, anyway. <laughs>